This is a podcast by The Straits Times. We have with us right now our sports our podcasters from The Straits Times. We have their own sports podcast called Game of Two Halves. So I'm Bernard Lim. And with me are my colleagues from the ST Sports Desk, Rohit Abrichnath, Sazali Abduaziz, and David Lee for this Game of Two Halves podcast. Gentlemen, welcome to the studio one more time. Nice yeah, to hi, be here. Okay, good to be here. Okay, today in the first half of uh, this segment, we're going to talk about tennis and obviously the upcoming Australian Open. And of course, Australia uh, is, is plagued by all the bushfires around right now. First, let's look at the, the build-up uh, tournaments, Rohit. Serena Williams has just won her first title as a mother at the Auckland Open. Can she win the Australian Open to join uh, uh, Margaret Court on uh, 24 Grand Slam titles? Or do you think that record is what drives her to keep going? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's impossible to ever say that Serena can't do something. I think you can never say that with great champions. I think it's getting more and more difficult for her. I think winning this Auckland tournament wasn't against the highest opposition. I think the top-ranked player that she beat was number 25. Doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I think what you want to do is going, come to the other side of the world, just want to get into some sort of form, tune your game, make sure your body is moving all right. You know, just get the little bits fixed before the tournament starts. Important, we haven't heard anything about any injuries, which is really, really important. Obviously, she's driven by this uh, record of 24 Grand Slams. I mean, she is the best women's tennis player there's ever been, without a doubt. Some mm-hmm. people th- say she's the greatest women's athlete ever. That's uh, probably more arguable. Margaret Court won 24, but she won it in a time when not a lot of players used to come to Australia for the Australian Open. Mm-hmm. And she won 11 Australian Opens. I'm not trying to diminish her in any way because she could only win the tournaments that were there before her. Sure. But Serena is already the greatest. I mean, she's done fantastic things. But you want to have the figure as well. You want to make it, you know, complete in every way. (laughs) So I think so. I mean, but the thing with her, she's been to four Grand Slam finals in the past two years. Mm. Two in 2017, two in 2018. Lost all four of them. And I think she's getting a bit nervous. I think when she's a woman who played her best in those finals because she is the best player. But I think because she wants it so much, sometimes the pressure becomes too great. Right. And pressure tells on everybody. Doesn't matter who you are, even if you're Roger Federer whatever pressure is something which tells on all players so I think her battle really is going to be obviously against the younger players mm-hmm. but really against the pressure of what she's trying to achieve right it's like you're playing a ghost <laughs> absolutely well at the at the ATP uh, Cup Rohit I mean Novak Djokovic extended his hard court uh, dominance over Rafael Nadal as uh, Serbia won the inaugural competition well Nadal also withdrew from the doubles match uh, citing fatigue what do you think of these uh, two superstars I mean advantage Djokovic in the Australian Open you think? I think the Australian Open is always going to be an advantage. Djokovic has won seven of them. It's the surface that he likes the best. Plays very well at the beginning of the year. Played superbly against Nadal last year in the final. I think that Nadal's Overplayed a little bit. I mean, not his fault. I mean, he he played the Davis Cup last year. I don't know when these guys rest. You know, I really because you need to rest and then you need to do a lot of training to sort of you know what Michael Phelps used to say is you know investing deposits. You know, you do <laughs> depo- training is deposits and right. match day is withdrawal. I see. So I don't know how much Nadal is rested and he's you know he played uh, I think maybe six singles here and two doubles and that's a lot of play early mm. in the year. And so I actually wonder with both of them, even with Djokovic, whether they might have overplayed a little bit right the, in this first... At the start uh, of the year. But at the same time, they I mean, Djokovic, at least he won. So he's going to give him such a boost of confidence, you know. And 
I think at the level that they are playing these sort of small things, the confidence, it gives you an edge, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Nadal is the US Open champion, but the US Open surface is totally different from the Australian Open. I mean, they're both hard courts, but they're different. Mm. And so Djokovic has to be the favorite. There's no question about it. So I think the key is going to be him. Everybody wants to see, can the young guys oust these old guys? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a beautiful intergenerational battle, you know. Yeah. And uh, the, the old guys have the experience. They, they won all the big matches, you know, the the Grand Slam suit them because five sets suits them because that means if you want to beat them over five sets, you've got to play well for a longer period of time right. to beat them. Yeah. And it also gives them time to come back if they're behind in a match. So I think it always suits them. Nobody's saying anything about Federer because he hasn't played a match, <laughs> match this year. So he's, you know, uh, he's a bit quiet. He's 39 years old, I think, uh, Roger. So it's going to be a bit tough for him. But yeah, I think it's it's, it's Djokovic's tournament to, to win or lose. Okay, so you really think that uh, Djokovic is going to be a favourite for, for the men's uh, for sure, yeah, for sure. Okay, so what, what can fans Singapore look out for? I mean, apart from uh, Djokovic, what else do you think we, we should look out for? So the guy that I really like is is the Russian Medvedev. He's a really odd guy. He looks, he doesn't look like an athlete. It looks like you know he's been built from bit parts in some you know ancient you know car yard or something like that. Okay. He is very ungainly, uh-huh. you know, and he he he's not you know he's not like Federer who wears his clothes beautifully. He's not like somebody who whose hair is well done. You know, he's just his odd guy, but he is a player. You know, he has a lot of shots. Right, and he has a lot of fire in him. I think we saw that in the U.S. Open final against Nadal. He used two sets to love down, and then came back and took it to five. Mm. And so he's got to work on many parts of his game. Uh, his net play and his forecourt play is not great, but the other parts, he's tough. There's a toughness about Medvedev that I like. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you have Sissibas, you know, the fiery Greek, and you've got Dominic Thiem. And so it's going to be fun. I think one of these days, the young guys have to break through. Yeah. That's inevitable. I would You're just so, wondering yeah. when it's going to be, and I'm ready. Okay. Well, Rohit, you're going to be covering uh, the Australian Open over in Melbourne, um, and I'm sure we'll be looking out for your articles uh, in the Straits Times as the competition starts. Okay. So if you like the Straits Times, a game of two halves, you can listen to us live right here on Money FM 89. Or you can subscribe it to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify and like us and give us a rating. And now back to the second half of our conversation with our ST Sports uh, podcasters. Well, over in the English Premier League, it, it was a weekend of records as uh, Liverpool won yet again. I mean, beating Tottenham Hotspur 1-0 to make it a 20 wins out of the first 21 league games for the best ever start to a season in Europe's uh, top five leagues. Heavy run-up of uh, superlatives for Liverpool. Liverpool, uh, Sazali. Well, yes and no. I think certainly it's very impressive, you know, the records that they are breaking and, you know, the run they are going on. Certainly, you have to respect the way they've, you know, churned out some results. You know, this game could have easily turned out 3-2 or 3-1 to Spurs, not for, you know, bad finishing on Spurs' part. But, first of all, they haven't won the Premier League title. Mm. As Liverpool fans, some Liverpool fans might still remind you. And secondly, I think it's a bit too soon to call them, you know, one of the, you know, the greatest uh, teams and, you know, compare them to, like, you know, Barcelona now from 2008 to 2012 where they won 14 out of 19 available trophies that they competed for mm. over that period. So yeah, they've certainly evolved into a, a really strong, a really impressive, a really dominant team. But whether they'll go down in history as one of the greatest ever will sort of depend on how they do over the, over maybe two, three, four seasons. So uh, it's interesting to see how they develop from here. Yeah, so it's 21 games and 17 left to play. I think mm-hmm. if they go on the full season unbeaten, you have to put them, you have to rank them among <laughs> the greats. Uh, the way they're playing as well, you know, you, you can say Barcelona have their tiki-taka. Liverpool seems to be, they're playing 
a type of football I think that has not been seen in the EPL yet when they're fullbacks playing like playmakers you have Jordan Henderson you know who has been written off even by Liverpool fans he's, he's playing like a deep lying playmaker you can call it the Jurgen Klopp effect or, or mm-hmm. whatever but I think the players themselves have got to step up and play like the way they did and all the late goals the late wins just add on to their legend mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I like is you know I'm not who's going to win when's they going to win what's the point how many points are they going to get I think it's fun to watch a team that knows that they're in the middle of doing something fantastic right, right. you know some or the other they managed to find a solution to everything you know mm-hmm. they might get as you talked about late goals or mm-hmm. whatever it is but they know they're in the middle of this mm-hmm. you know and, and it's just them playing against themselves right. they're not actually playing against mm-hmm. anybody else right. they got to see how good can we be how can we top last week how mm-hmm. can we better and you know so mo- it's this amazing moment when their motivation is really high mm-hmm. and there probably is no discord in the dressing in the team, room yeah. you know it's a, one of the rare moments when a team is having a little run of perfection it's a very beautiful thing mm-hmm. because teams which are made up of so many people yeah. never work like that there's always a problem but at this point of time I think there's something really beautiful to it. So we can all enjoy it while we can right now at this moment, right? Yeah, we should. We should. Yeah. We don't know how long it's going to last. Well, elsewhere in the, in the chasing pack, guys, uh, Manchester City beat uh, Aston Villa 6-1 this morning. But it was all about Sergio Aguero, whose hat-trick made him the EPL's uh, top international goal scorer. Where does he rank among the EPL's uh, foreign legion of, uh, of attackers? In terms of goals, like you mentioned, probably number one. But in terms of, you know, whether he's the greatest, you know, foreign striker, I would still place him just number two behind the man he just leapfrogged as a, in, as in this game, Henry, as a which is Thierry Henry because mm. you know for me I think Thierry Henry sort of brought something that had never been seen before to the Premier League you know which was you know he, he was clinical he, he brought style he had panache he almost sort of created a new style of footballer in the past you had Alan Shearer you know, the, the big number 9 mm-hmm. in, in the penalty box mm. we had so-called finishers like Gerd Muller who was you know like the early fox in the box I guess mm-hmm. but Henri was the first sort of player who you, you, you started to really consider is he you know the, the best all-round like footballer he could dribble he could run he could beat <laughs> players he could finish from outside the box inside the box almost uh, like a complete player yeah almost like a complete so for me Henri is still number one yeah. okay well still world-class uh, sporting action uh, the SMBC Singapore Open tees off at the Sarapong Golf Course in Sentosa this coming Thursday uh, David what does it feel like and are there the big names coming to town yeah, of course. The full set of Olympic medalists will be here. So that's uh, Justin Rose, Henrik Stenson and Matt Kucha. It's not every day that you get a full set of Olympic medalists competing in, in Singapore. Okay, sure, the last Olympics was four years ago, but these players are still very much at the top of their game. You know, Justin Rose is world number 9, Stenson 26, Kucha 24th. So these are some of the world's best golfers strutting their stuff at our doorstep. Personally, I'm really looking forward to catching Justin Rose in action. It's not mm-hmm. not just because of, you know, the whimsical prince he, he's adopting mm-hmm. of late. But this guy is turning 40 in July, mm-hmm. but he's still not showing any signs of slowing down. In fact, his, his putting has improved dramatically over the past two seasons. Mm-hmm. Before that, it was very erratic. His, his uh, putting stats were outside the top 100, but, you know, it was 21st in 2018 and 17 in 2019. So, what is interesting is that none of these uh, Olympic medalists have, have won in Singapore. So, it should make for a very interesting battle, especially with they are trying to maintain a strong world ranking to qualify for Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And how about the Asians, uh, David? Will there be a, a factor this weekend? 
Uh, definitely. So here's a quick stat. Three of the last four winners of the Singapore Open are actually Asians. So the defending champion is Thailand's Jess Jemwatanon. Uh, I hope I pronounced it right. And, you know, winning last year's Singapore Open was the spark his career needed. Now he's firmly established in the world's top 40. Should be a shoe-in for, for the Olympics as well. And if you're looking elsewhere, there's also the Japanese crowd favourite, Ryo Ishikawa. And from the Singapore camp, you know, James Liao. He just won the SEA Games last month. First man to do so uh, in 30 years. There's plenty uh, to look out for. Mm-hmm. Well, there goes the final whistle for our sports discussion of the week. We really hope you enjoyed listening to us. Uh, this, of course, is Game of Two Halves. And Radio Money FM is uh, spot on. Get to have all of you in the studio. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Rohit and uh, Sazali and David. Thanks yeah, good no to be here. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times and The Business Times online.